This is a CBC podcast. So I've just left the Ottawa Farmers Market. I was just picking up some winter vegetables for a stew that I'm going to make tonight. And I've just climbed the hill behind the stadium. Over the years, this is a place that has hosted Grey Cup games, the Rolling Stones, the FIFA Women's World Cup. It's pretty quiet today, nothing happening. But on game days, it can get loud. The last Panda game between Ottawa U and Carleton's football teams was absolutely heaving with people. I've been in these stands over the years, mostly for soccer games, and there's something that I have always been curious about. So I'm looking to the Bank Street end of the field right now, the west side, and there's this big, tall condo building. You can't miss it. It is literally overlooking the stadium. If you've been to Lansdowne, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I have always wondered, who lives there? I'm Robin Bresnahan. On this episode of This is Ottawa, what is it like to live above the stadium at Lansdowne Park? Yeah, so this is my uh, second balcony. I call it my main balcony, and the entrance points to the mass bedroom and looks straight down center field. So when um, the quarterback Crumb scored his touchdown this summer, the touchdown was right essentially under my nose. This is Daryl Lim. He grew up in Singapore, but he's lived in Ottawa for the past 22 years. And he's called this condo home for the past two years. How high up are we? Uh, we're on the ninth floor, so we're midpoint in the building. You're almost as, as high as the top tier of the bleachers, so the, the highest end of the bleachers on the north and the south side. And you get to see the action. I have a lot of my friends would text me when they're here and say, hey, look down and wave. <laughs> Close enough to the action, you get to see and smell the feel, but you are far enough away that no one can throw a beer into your balcony. <laughs> now let's get one thing out of the way. Lansdowne is divisive. There are people who have refused to step foot here since it was redeveloped. And of course, there's been a lot of debate over the next phase, Lansdowne 2.0. But this is not a story about that. Intensification is happening, so it's more of an exploration about the people buying into it. And if you have also wondered who lives in this condo overlooking the stadium, maybe you, like me, have made some assumptions. And guess what? Daryl had his own assumptions back when he first laid eyes on the building in September 2015. Well, I was um, with a pipe band, and we're about to perform at the halftime show for the Red Blacks. And um, this building was still, I believe, under construction, finishing touches of it. <clears throat> and so we're on the field, and uh, and I was looking at the building, and I, and I go, wow, who are those bougie people living up there? <laughs> well, fast forward six years. Daryl had just started his own insurance brokerage, and business was booming. So he decided to look for a new place to live. I had a dream that I wanted to be in this neighborhood, not specifically this building. So I met my realtor and I said, let's go find me a place 
and when we came to this building and, and saw a few units here, when I walked into this particular unit, I said, this is absolutely me. It sounds like you worked hard to get here. I did. <laughs> I did work very hard to get here. It was a, an endorsement, if you will, of my hard work. I mean, COVID was a particular tough time for me because all my family lives overseas in Singapore. So for me, it was just essentially work. And I was working some days, 16-hour days. Interestingly enough, after I moved in, and even though I moved in here during COVID, I've slowly met different neighbors. I'd say that I'm one of the younger people in this building. Uh, most of the people here, I'd say, are either entrepreneurs, own their own businesses like myself. There are some very, you know, wealthy and, and um, affluent, I'd say, uh, people who are retired and downsized, post-kids. And I know a few of them who are retired, you know, senior government servants. We all have our reasons for being here or wanting to be here. And for me, one of the, the, the big pulls and draws of being here is not only the views, but it's also having the accessibility to local businesses. Lansdowne's probably the only place where you have the big box stores in the Glebe. Everything else down Bank Street in the Glebe is you know, boutique stores or boutique businesses that are local and small business. And that's, that's the kind of community I like to be part of. And the farmer's market vendors know you. Yes. And I do have about, I'd say, 10 vendors that I shop at quite regularly between meats, um, bread, my favorite store, and Colleen's the owner, and she owns Yummy Cookies. And so it's nice to be part of that community, and if I can support it, I'd shop local. Even if it's a few dollars more, I know that it's going into going back into local economy, supporting people who live locally. But what about things like privacy and noise, and trying to get into your parking spot on game days when 20,000 other people converge on the stadium? That's what it sounded like during the last home game of the season for the Red Blacks this past fall. Daryl was home that night, he was hosting friends from Toronto, and I asked him to record what it sounded like inside his apartment and out. Robin, this is a recording of me sitting right against my window with all of the, the windows closed and you can barely hear the game on the outside. You can barely hear anything. And that was actually shot right there next to the dining table, right against the windowsill. So I had uh, friends over last summer for a dinner party. Um, and so they were over. I'm like, oh, yes, there's a football game going on. So we had all the windows closed and we had all the blinds up. The stadium lights were on. You could see all the crowds below. And unless the crowd when you know, someone scored, you could barely hear anything. Well, your friends couldn't believe it, right? Exactly. The sound penetration is very little. So you also sent me one. You went out on your balcony during the game. And this is what it sounded like. Robin, this is the sound of the stadium from my balcony. Well, there you can hear it. You can feel the crowd. It's almost as good as sitting in the crowd. Do you ever get used to thousands of strangers being able to look up into your window? You have to get sometimes a little bit comfortable with that. For example, if you look over, if you stand at the top of the Great Lawn, you could look straight into my living room. During the day, it's probably less so because of the reflection. But at night, you, you know, probably don't want to be walking around the house nude at night. <laughs> you have never got caught out, but have you? It, in some way, city living or living in a community like this, you have to be, get used to people potentially looking in. One of the things I have always wondered, because sometimes I actually commute over the Bank Street Bridge, 4.30 in the morning, and all of the stadium lights are on. They are blaring. And I think, how on earth can people in that building sleep? What is that like? 
So I have blackout blinds in my bedroom, but yes, that's one of the cons. So what I have learned is uh, the blinds can only block the light so much between, before it peaks between the blinds. So I, would, I, I wear a blackout eye mask to sleep. There's something else that Daryl is concerned about. Even though he is the living, breathing epitome of someone who has embraced intensification, he actually worries about what's going to happen with the next stage of Lansdowne. We're going to be adding more residential units to Lansdowne. Um, my concern is going to be, are we going to be able to find more parking availability, not just for residents, but also for guests and visitors here. Parking is a huge issue, congestion as well. I remember once I was trying to get home on an Uber and I just said, drop me off and, and, and I walked. And as I was walking and reaching home, I realized my Uber is still stuck way down on Glebe Avenue. Every summer, something else happens at Lansdowne that brings thousands of music lovers to the Great Lawn, the Escapade Music Festival. Daryl's condo neighbors tend to flee for the hills that weekend, but not Daryl, he loves Escapade. I'd say about 80% uh, of the residents leave the building because they don't want to have that music. Can you actually feel the vibration of Escapade? You can, and for four days, you can actually feel the windows vibrating and they shoot pyrotechnics so you get to feel and see it. I had one evening where I went up to my neighbor's place on the 16th floor and that was at the height of where the pyrotechnics would be eye level where the, where the fireworks would explode and it was pretty neat to, to be part of it. I, you know, when people say Ottawa is boring, I'm like, well, Ottawa is not boring at all. And a lot of times, what I would tell my friends is on a football game night, yes, it's watching the game, but really half the time is looking down the balconies and people watching. And everyone's pointing up, like, who are those people? And they're waving. And Escapade, for example, every night at the end of Escapade, when everyone tanks out of the stadium, we're hollering out the balconies. It's a great, fun environment that is vibrant, lively, lands down for a lot of people who live elsewhere in the city and they just come here to watch a game or to watch a concert. For them, it's a destination or a venue. And, you know, for me, it's home. I bet the irony is not lost on you that back in 2015, you looked up and said, who are those bougie people living there? I would backtrack on that term bougie. I don't <laughs> think of myself as bougie. But the people here, I find, have one thing in common, which is knowing that you have a collective group of people from very diverse walks of life that want to be part of a community. Our nation, please welcome to the So the next time you find yourself in the stands here at a football or a soccer game, looking up at the gleaming glass building, wondering who would live there, well now you know. One story in this 20-story tower. If you have a question about Ottawa you have always been curious about, send it our way. The email address is thisisottawa at cbc.ca. The podcast is hosted by me, Robin Bresnahan. It's produced by Julie Ireton. Margot Wright is the executive producer of audio for CBC Ottawa. Until next week, thanks for listening.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.